Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Speed Force Media Podcast. My name is Eleanor. I'm Derek. This is the show where every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we bring you our top picks of the comic book movie news this week. This week, we got for you David F. Sandberg is on Twitter debunking some things, and we'll go over that. And also, will Ben Affleck's Batman be retiring after The Flash? You'll have to listen to find out more. You can catch us here on YouTube, Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, or Amazon Music. Alrighty, how you doing this week, Derek? Doing mighty fine. How are you? I'm doing great. There's been a lot of things dropping this week. There certainly has. Hope you guys are doing great out there. Hope you're staying safe and you're staying caught up with your good DC Marvel news. Alrighty, well, we do have a juicy episode for you today. To kick us off, we're going to start with our first topic, which is Ant-Man's box office is the biggest drop-off in its second weekend for the MCU. It dropped off 69.7%, only opening at $32.2 million for its second weekend. Its first weekend was at $104 million, so that's quite the significant drop-off. If I read correctly, I believe that Black Widow dropped off at 67%, somewhere in that range. Yeah. So, it's pretty massive, especially for a movie that I didn't think was that bad. So, I'm surprised to see this. Like, I honestly thought Black Widow was worse than this movie, and I liked Black Widow, too. I just think, like, this movie was fun and was a good time, and maybe people were just expecting it to be a little bit more than it was, or maybe it was hyped up more than it should have been. I don't know. It's probably because it is the opener for Phase 5, and people were disappointed with Phase 4, so the bar was raised instantly for Phase 5. You know, it's got to be better than Phase 4. And I don't know if people are having that expectation met necessarily with this movie, but I think we got to realize, at least for me, with the first movie in any phase, it's kind of weaker to me than later movies. Like, Iron Man was weaker to me than when you, say, get to, like, Infinity War, Endgame. Those were pretty epic. Those are two different phases. But (laughs) (laughs) even, like, Avengers, the first Avengers movie, was pretty much like 10 times more epic to me than Iron Man and Captain America was a better movie to me than the Iron Man movies so I feel like they get better over time and they kind of figure out where their footing is going to be and ever since phase three for me at least it's been like how do you follow that up so they've already had a really hard time trying to meet that expectation so I think it's going to be hard but I'm hoping that Ant-Man doesn't crash and burn because I want them to be able to have a fourth movie and I've just seen, like, some really nasty things said about, like, the actors in the movie or, like, the movie itself or even the MCU. And it just makes me sad because, like, we used to all really love the MCU and now it just feels like it's not that way anymore. The tides are kind of turning a little bit. 100%. Not fully, but a little bit. What are your feelings on this? Well, we heard an analyst. I, I can't remember where it was from, but it was an article I read at the beginning of the week where an analyst came, basically, I believe from Variety, if I'm not mistaken, looked at the numbers, compared it to other films like Black Widow, like you said, but also compared it to films like Spider-Man No Way Home, a film that is critically, financially a huge success, had a major second weekend box office drop. So it's not that abnormal, although... is a huge drop-off. It used to be like 50% was like the goal, kind of the the standard, if you will. 
But in these bigger comic book movies that have so much spoilers, that have so many loyal fans, they want to go in the opening weekend. So there's that opening weekend to second weekend drop, I feel like has increased significantly over the, over the last few years. I can agree with specifically that. Specifically with the MCU as well. But there's not really any way you can look at it and call this good news. There's no way you can look at this and call it a success. This is not what they wanted. Their critical rating, their audience divisiveness, and the box office as a whole is just not what the MCU was hoping for. And I think you were talking about expectations. It's not what the fans were hoping for. I know myself, somebody who did like the film, it was my third favorite of the Ant-Man movies. If you didn't catch my Ant-Man ranking, you can go ahead and check that out. But I do think that this film, in in a lot of ways, like you said, it's the opening to Phase 5, and so we know further down the road we're going to be getting a lot better movies, or at least movies that have bigger stakes, bigger scale. And this one should have felt huge, and for me personally, I just felt like the stakes were not there. I just felt like... There really wasn't that much tension in the movie. Just a few scenes here and there with Kang and Ant-Man where I questioned whether or not maybe Ant-Man could die. Maybe they're not going to do an Ant-Man 4. But even though he lived, even though pretty much everybody lived in the movie, no spoilers, I still have my doubts that we're going to be getting an Ant-Man 4. However, I would still be excited if we did. I would hope that they would bring it back down to earth, bring it more at grounded level so we could have Michael Pena back, we could have David Esmalshian back as Kurt, we could have maybe T.I. come back as Dave. I'd love for a more grounded Ant-Man 3. But this box office, not what they were expecting, not what they were hoping for. I will say, you said it was divided among fans, and we saw that even on our channel. We posted a community post asking everyone, you know, hey, what did you think of this movie? And it was pretty divided. We had it pretty much a three-way tie between really love it, liked it but didn't love it, and hated it. So, I mean, (laughs) we didn't... It's very divided. It It is. It's not like a, um, you know... You either love it or you like it. It's either you love it or you hate it. And that's like the two... Two main feelings. I I think there's a smaller amount of people that love it than there is amount of people that were like, eh, it was pretty good. I right. think the most people that liked this movie felt like they liked it, but there was issues as opposed to, oh, this was my favorite MCU movie. Right. I haven't right. seen many video essays coming out as to why we're wrong about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the criticisms for this movie have been from fans and haters, I guess you would say, right. of this film. Yeah, I would agree, because there's been fair criticism on both sides of the ball. There's been fair criticism from people who liked it, and again, from people who didn't like it. And then there's also been criticism from people who aren't even MCU fans that went to see it, that I think is still even fair. So, I mean, I get why there's criticism, I just personally really enjoyed it, thought it was a good time, and just kind of took it as like a space adventure. And I think that's why I probably enjoyed it more than 
most people is because I just went in without any expectations whatsoever. And I think that's hard, especially with the MCU, because they've set themselves up for failure, I think, in a way. Because really? they've had such a good track record that it's like, where do you go from there? Event, yeah, you keep going up, you keep going bigger in scales At eventually. At some point, there's going to be a downward slope. It's like, right. not every roller coaster goes up forever. You're going to go up, and then you have to come back down in order to go back up. And, and exactly, in order to go back up. And I think they will. And re- oh, I think they will, remember, too. This film, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, was produced and developed under the Bob Shapek era, where Marvel Studios and Disney was pumping out, what, 19 projects last year or something like that? That was insane, and for me, like, not very many of those projects landed. Right, and a lot of Phase 4 as a whole was very mixed or liked it but not loved it there wasn't very many spider-man no way homes in there there wasn't many infinity wars end games civil wars winter soldiers etc so i do think phase five will get better from here because a lot of it although it's being developed now and some of it has been developed before like quantumania a lot of the future MCU stuff will be under the Bob Iger era. Not saying he's perfect, not saying he's Superman for Disney and MCU, but they have they have said that they're pushing back some of these shows, they're pushing back some of these movies because they want to focus on quality over quantity. And at this point, I'm going to believe it until they give me reasons to doubt it. I agree. But what do you guys think of all this mumbo-jumbo going on with the box office drop? Do you think that this is a problem, or do you think that we shouldn't be worrying about it? Let us know what you guys think in the comments down below. All right, on to topic number two, and that is the fact that David F. Sandberg says it's up to DC fans whether or not Shazam stays in the DCU moving forward. He said on Twitter that if no one goes to see it, then it won't. And I could believe that. And I do appreciate, because you were looking earlier, you're like, man, this guy's like answering shit on Reddit. Like, he is talking directly to He's the fans. He's all over the place. And although I have criticized, I have to be open about my own faults here for a second. I have criticized James Gunn in the past for doing this, but that's because of the vagueness. I appreciate that David F. Sandberg is not being vague. He is being upfront, pretty much as straight up as one could be. In and this just situation. being like, yeah, just being like, well, if y'all don't watch it and y'all just let the negativity affect it, then yeah, of course we're not going to have Shazam back in the universe because if it flops, then why would they keep us? And I can see that happening. It does seem kind of reactionary to me, which I thought that Warner Brothers was going to move away from the reactionary phase. But with the whole Aquaman drama going on, with the potential for that movie not being as good as it should be, and then you have this whole thing with Shazam, where if that movie isn't as good as it should be, that both of those, I think, potentially could be taken off the table to having a third movie. I think that is a huge deal. And the fact that David F. Sandberg is like, yeah, even though there's a chance we could move forward in the DCU, and that James Gunn said we do have a potential to be in the DCU without messing up any of their timelines and fit in nicely, there's a chance we won't if no one watches it. And I could see that definitely being true because in the end, like all movie business is about money. And so if it doesn't make money, 
then we aren't going to see what we want to see. And that would make me sad because I personally really like the way David F. Sandberg is handling the situation. I also like the way he takes the approach to the Shazam movies. They're fun. They're lighthearted. They're a good time. They have just enough of that heart to keep you attached to everyone. But it's not so heavy that it's weighed down, but it still has emotion that is hard-hitting because of the lighthearted moments. And, I mean, come on. They use Eminem in their trailers. <laughs> so you have me sold there. So, I mean, I I really hope that they keep David F. Sandberg and his Shazam universe around because it would just be a shame. And even though I know, I know, guys, you can call me out for this again. I said I didn't want them to stay around if Henry Cavill was gone. I'm going to backtrack on that now. Fair now enough, that I've had more enough. time to think about it. Yes, Henry Cavill lost his job, but it doesn't mean David F. Sandberg and Zachary Levi and everyone that worked on that movie should, too, just because we're mad about Henry Cavill. Because that Shazam is still good. So, I mean, it would be hard for me, honestly, to, to like, picture someone else playing Shazam. Playing I, don't role, know, yeah. I don't know who I'd pick. Like, I don't know. Would you put Henry Cavill in the role? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> what are you feeling on this? So I know that Derek did have a video on this, by the way, if you wanted, like, a, a brief rundown from yesterday. Very good video, by the way. So oh, thank I you very much. It. But uh, you didn't really give much of your thoughts. What are your What are your big, deep, dark desires for this movie? <laughs> well, I loved the first Shazam movie. I, I, I've been a Captain Marvel fan. I grew up calling him Captain Marvel, so I still call him that from time to time. Forgive me. That's how you know you're an OG fan. Yes, exactly. But so I, I had always dreamt of seeing a Captain Marvel in the live action screen on the big screen. To, uh, specifically to interact with Superman and Black Adam. It doesn't seem like we're going to get that, at least not in the DCEU, which is just crazy to me that we live in a world where we have a DC cinematic universe where Shazam did not meet his alter ego. I think that's just bullshit. But That would be I, like I mean, Batman never meeting the Joker. If that's, if that's not signs to maybe we do need a reboot... And I'm the biggest Henry Cavill Superman fan in the world. I he don't is care. A stand. Fight me. <laughs> That's you're goddamn right. <laughs> but I'm also a big Zachary Levi Shazam fan. I just love what he's done with the role. I really like David F. Sandberg's work outside of the DCU as well. And you're right. He is very upfront and very honest, as honest as he could be in this position. Because of course he can't come out and just say, guys, no. James Gunn, Peter Safran told us there is no future for Shazam because we've already alluded to a Superman and a Flash and an Aquaman in our trailers and having a Henry Cavill Man of Steel suit, even though it was a headless cameo. is Maybe all of that stuff, plus the underperforming at the box office for the first film, to some degree, it did make money, but... It could all be signs of James Gunn and Peter Safran looking at it and just saying, you know, maybe this would have performed three or four hundred million dollars more at the box office. Sorry, three hundred, four hundred million worldwide at the box office more if it wasn't behind a very divisive DCEU. And maybe they just feel like they need to start from scratch with these characters as well. Shazam, Aquaman, Wonder Woman. And it was about a month ago that they had that press event, which the public did not get any, unfortunately did not get any visuals or recording audio of 
but we've gotten a lot of reports about the stuff they talked about. And one of the things that Peter Safran, the producer of the Shazam films, at, was asked about was why hasn't there been any talks about Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Shazam in the DC slate, Chapter 1, Gods and Monsters? And he said, look, there's a potential future that all of those actors can come back and play those characters. But at this time, we don't have a story for those characters. Now, take that for what it is. I don't necessarily believe that. I think that it's very easy to incorporate some of the most iconic DC characters into your story. I think you had to have intentionally written around them or just written a story that isn't necessary to have those characters, which, yeah, could lead to the possibility of if this movie does not perform well, if DC fans take a look at it and say, why bother? Why should I invest my time and my money when my time and my money is the most valuable thing I have right now when I'm not going to see a third movie, I'm not going to see any of these characters return, and it's going to be on HBO Max in a month. So why should I? You're not giving me any reason to other than being vague, and it's frustrating for DC fans because other than David F. Sandberg, we have no answers. We don't know exactly who is going to continue on, who is being rebooted, and which characters are just straight up being shelved. Right, because we've been in straight up uncertainty for the entire DCEU because it's so reactionary under like the AT&T Regime, right, right, and the regimes before that even. Right, yeah. And it's just been nothing but chaos. And then <laughs> they give it to, oh, Jesus, David Zaslav. And Discovery. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're like, uh, Papa Zaslav, you give us answers. And he's like, how about I axe all of this shit and give you no answers? And also, here's Henry Cavill, and also I take it the way, but I'm not going to answer any of your questions. Yes. Fuck you. And then they give us uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran, and we're like... Please, Papa Saffron and Papa James Gunn, could you please tell us what's going on? And they're like, no. <laughs> I mean, they and get... then here's David F. Sandberg coming down from the heavens like an angel. Like, here, let me get it to you straight. You either watch this shit and we get more, or you don't watch this shit and but you don't get more. But is he giving more. it to us straight? Is he giving it to us straight? Or is he just telling us what he can? Which is, hey, if you want a future, go and I watch think... the movie. Because... I think he is. it's a little bit of both. I think he's being as straightforward and honest as he can be contractually. But also, he's like, guys, if we don't garner support for this movie, how the hell can you expect it to get a third? Like, he is giving us a good answer. And I appreciate him at least giving us somewhat of a direct answer, even if it isn't the most direct answer, even if it isn't like, here's a picture of my contract for Shazam 3, it's happening. You know, even if it's not something like that, at least he's telling us, you know, there's a possibility, possibly, maybe, if you guys go see this. So even if it is a false hope and he's just trying to keep the second movie alive, like I at least appreciate him saying, you know, please go see this this movie, otherwise, why bother? So I appreciate that about him. But what do you guys think? Are you planning on seeing Shazam 2 Fury of the Gods? Are you planning on supporting this movie? What do you think is going to happen if we don't get a good box office return? If it ends up like the first movie? Let us know what you think in the comments section below. Alright, our next topic is kind of a question for you guys. Will Ben Affleck's Batman be retired after The Flash? 
There's been a lot, like we said, there's been a lot of upheaval in the DCEU. There, it's been like snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. For like the last year and a half. It's been, especially after David Zaslav took over, it was like, so what's happening now? Are we keeping Aquaman? Are we keeping uh, Ben Affleck? Like, what's happening? And it's like, yeah, there were rumors. I think you said to me the rumors that... Um, ben Affleck and also Michael Keaton would have scenes in Aquaman and then later they were taken out and so then Ben Affleck also said that the Flash was kind of his swan song those aren't his direct words I'm paraphrasing of course but that it was you know his way of saying that he felt closure from it my thing with that is to me it feels very like the end of the book not just an end of the chapter to me so I would believe it if he was retiring Because he seems to be, at least to me, interpreting Ben Affleck's emotions. And I'm not, like, in Ben Affleck's circle, so I can't verify any of this. But this is just me assuming. Um, I think he's in more of, like, wanting to go in a director's direction. He wants to be behind the chair rather than in front of the camera. And so I could... I can understand that, wanting to flex your creative muscle that way instead of, like, he is a phenomenal actor, but he's already done so many roles in a lot of great films. So I think, you know, him putting the close to this chapter to being able to start anew, while it's sad for DC fans who really loved his character, it's going to be a good thing for him moving forward. At least that's if the reports or rumors are true that it is going to be the end for him. If it isn't the end for him and we're moving forward with him, like, mind explosivo, but I can't confirm or deny that at this point. But what are your feelings on it? Yeah, so I, when Ben Affleck was cast as Batman, I, I was a little, not skeptical, but I was a little hesitant cause, just because I was like, I thought, you know, he was Daredevil, so right. I was worried that uh, some people were going to instantly reject it, and they did. Yeah. But I was really on board as soon as I saw the first picture, and I've been a Ben Affleck supporter and fan of his Batman ever since. Really disappointed that we never got to see his Batman movie. I think it would have been great. We had reports from all sorts of different writers and producers in the DC realm that said it was one of the best Batman scripts they'd ever read. Hopefully, under this DC Studios, we'll get to see him maybe direct uh, that Batman script, maybe in an animated Elseworlds form. That would be or cool. Give maybe him they could some closure. Sort of integrate it into a different property down the road. And there's obviously a lot of people hoping that maybe he'll direct the Brave and the Bold, the Batman and Damian Wayne movie. I do think that The Flash is going to be his last appearance. I mean, that's what he originally said when he finished filming scenes for The Flash. Hell, when Justice League was coming out, there was the reports that he was no longer going to be directing, starring, producing the Batman. And then there was no Justice League 2 lined up. So where was Ben Affleck's Batman going to show up? That was really going to be it. And then, and and he himself said, yeah, I'm probably done. And then all of a sudden it, it gets reported that, hey, he's showing up in The Flash. And a lot of us got really, really excited. And then Ben Affleck came out and said, look, guys, I feel like we finally got the character done right. Finally, finally feel like we did him justice. 
And this, in a lot of ways, feels like closure to me. And if I never do the role again, I'll be satisfied. I hope that they leave the ending in there that we shot, which made a lot of us feel like, oh, maybe Ben Affleck's Batman is going to die in this film. And that was during the AT&T era. So a lot of people knew that they were trying to move away from Henry Cavill's Superman and Ben Affleck's Batman. A lot of people were thinking Michael Keaton's Batman was going to be the future of the DCEU. And that was going to be a way that that would happen, is the death of Ben Affleck's Batman, the timeline being reset after The Flash, so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden, you know, Michael Keaton shot scenes for Aquaman, like you said, and then we heard... Nope. After the David Zaslav thing happened and Discovery merger happened, then Ben Affleck shot scenes in Aquaman. And all of a sudden, Henry Cavill was coming back for Black Adam, and it seemed like the Snyderverse could actually happen again. So, obviously, that's not going to happen anymore. Henry Cavill is done as Superman. James Gunn and Peter Safran have confirmed that the Batman in the DCU playing uh, in Brave and the Bold is not going to be played by an actor we've seen play Batman before. So it's not going to be Ben Affleck. Right. So if it is if it is not The Flash, then where else could it be? Other than maybe an animated project or an Elseworlds project. And David Zaslav said a few months ago, we don't want three Batman running around anymore. We don't want four Batman running around anymore. They're going to do the DC Elseworlds with Robert Pattinson. They're doing a Batman with Brave and the Bold. And I don't think that leaves a whole lot of room for guys like Michael Keaton to do Batman Beyond or for Ben Affleck to do his Batman versus Deathstroke movie. I think this is it. I think this is it. And hopefully the Flash is as good as we've heard and fans can say, hey, you know, maybe all of the DC fans will finally be able to look at Ben Affleck's Batman in the same light that maybe you or I do. And I think for Ben Affleck, that's a big win. But here's hoping. Here's for optimism. Yeah, exactly. And I, oh my God, you mentioned Michael Keaton doing Batman Beyond, and now that's all I want. Like, James Gunn and uh, Peter Safran, if you're Santa Claus, I'm I'm asking you, please, uh, for Christmas this year, can, can you write a Batman Beyond movie with Michael Keaton, please, and thank you. But if it's not the end for Ben Affleck, and he for some reason, somehow, some way, does become the Batman for the DCU. Can you imagine if they write that film, they shoot that film with Ben Affleck's Batman, and it gets panned by the critics? What that would do for Ben Affleck... Yeah, I mean, his run as Batman has already been such a roller coaster ride from hell that continuing on in another continuity behind other creators and basically in a different company and Warner Brothers Discovery and the chances of it not being a hit would just, yeah, probably devastate the dude. But being behind the cameras, like you said, he's a great director and I would love to see any film that he does. Not that he's the world's greatest director in the world, but especially if it's a DC film, I'm on board. But what do you guys think? Do you think that Ben Affleck is going to be done after The Flash? And would you want to see a Ben Affleck-directed movie? Let us know down in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Our final topic of the day is that Charlie Cox is in New York City. 
and he is shooting Daredevil Born Again since they are starting production. Derek, you are a huge Daredevil fan. Yes, I am. How does this make you feel? Because I know there's a lot of feelings out there right now. There's a lot of questions out there, especially after Bob Iger took back over with this new series of how is the violence going to be? Is it going to be TVMA? What? There's so many questions. So how are you feeling? The one thing I will say for Bob Shapek, who is no longer in charge of Disney, is that, and I applaud him for this, a lot of people got really, really pissed, but he decided it was a good idea once they got the rights, the streaming rights for the Netflix Daredevil series, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Punisher, Defenders, that instead of putting them on Hulu, which they did in Canada... We're going to put it on Disney Plus, and we're going to put it behind a security wall where kids can't get to it. You have to enable a certain setting in your own personal settings, and I thought that was a great move. They did the same thing for the Deadpool movies. How many adult Marvel fans don't want those that content on their Disney Plus streaming service? You're paying for right, that exactly. content. You're paying for the content. You're just not watching it if you haven't enabled it. But I digress. Bob Iger, on the other hand, said when Disney Plus launched that he did not like R-rated content being on Disney Plus. He did not like that idea and thought that Disney Plus was a family streaming service. He basically wanted you to be able to give your kid the Roku remote and they can search through anything and not find anything that's inappropriate for them. Right. And Daredevil, Punisher, even Defenders, Jessica Jones is very much... TVMA. Yes. And it is one of the most appealing things about those shows is that, you know, not only did it feel like it was a, a little bit bigger budget than some of the other comic book shows that have came before. But it felt adult. But it felt more adult themed. It felt more grounded. It felt darker, gritty, very noir themed, especially with Daredevil. And there was a lot of blood, a lot of violence. With Bob Iger, who doesn't like blood, who doesn't like violence... Is probably not the world's biggest fan of the Netflix Daredevil series. Right, and sexual content and all this other shit that comes with it. Drug use, alcohol, all that kind of 100%. stuff. 100%. And Kevin Feige has said multiple times, Charlie Cox, who plays Daredevil, Vincent D'Onofrio, have all hinted for basically, what, a year or two years now, that these are going to be a different version of the characters we've seen before they haven't came out and said yes this is a reboot but that some things are going to be the same some things are going to be a little bit of a retelling and they constantly compare it to the comics themselves where a new writer comes on and they do their own slightly different version maybe they retell part of the origin story and change certain things but a lot of it is the same I don't think he's going to be as comedic and lighthearted as he was in She-Hulk. I think all it's going to take is one poster revealed with him wearing a black Daredevil suit or a red Daredevil suit. And a lot of us Daredevil fans are going to feel a little more at ease thinking that, hey, maybe they are going to go for a little bit more of a grounded tone, for a little bit darker, grittier tone, even if it's not as darker or gritty as the Netflix series. I'll still be happy about it. Like, as long as it's, like, a middle ground? Somewhere in the middle, I'm okay with. I'm all right with Daredevil having a few comedic jokes here and there. He did in the Netflix series. Didn't he in the comics, too? And, of course, he did for decades. And 
So I'm not I'm not one of those fans that just like anytime Daredevil smiles, I shake my head. But I do not want him turning into another version of Spider-Man, even or though Deadpool. he was or Dare, or Deadpool. I am excited for this series to get underway and to be able to actually finally watch this series. It seems like forever that we heard Charlie Cox was coming back as Daredevil. The tone is what's going to set the expectation level and the excitement level for a lot of us, I think. I might be alone in that. But Daredevil Born Again is one of the few Marvel Disney Plus series I am looking forward to. I've not been a big fan of a lot of the ones they've put out, but I am still really excited and looking forward to it because it is Charlie Cox. It is Vincent D'Onofrio. Some of the writers they've got on board is leaving me very hesitant. Some of the direction of the tone leaves me a little worried. But as Obi-Wan Kenobi said, I am cautiously optimistic. You know, and I think it's a good way to be because you don't want to put too many expectations forward, good or bad, because that could soil it for you either way. So I think it is good to try to go in with like cautious optimism. And I personally, I did watch most of the Daredevil show with you. I haven't seen all of it all the way through. But I did enjoy what I did see, and I loved the character development, the complexity of it. It felt like a real world with real people that actually were interacting with one another. There were stakes, and they did a really good job amping it up each season. So I think with this new show, it's got some pretty big shoes to fill, but if they just get a different pair of shoes and don't try to fill the other ones, I think that'll be the best route they can go. Do something different yeah, as opposed to outdoing di- what's been done before. Right, exactly. Do their own take on it, and I think that is what Kevin Feige is trying to go for. I think he knows like, if I try to do this same tone, it's not going to feel right in the MCU, and it's also not going to fit his vision. So I'm just hoping that it fits in well with the rest of the MCU without feeling too, like, I always say, like, Marvel-flavored, like, too all the same. Right. Like, you want it to feel just a little bit different. And, you know, hopefully it has a little bit of a Deadpool feel, but not too much either. You know, a little bit grittier, because I'd say Deadpool is funny, but also kind of grittier. So hopefully more of that gritty feeling, a little bit of the funny, somewhere in the middle. So we'll see where they go with it. But what do you guys think? Are you excited to see the new Daredevil Born Again show? What are you looking forward to most in the MCU slate that we have going forward? Let us know down in the comments below. And that brings us to the end of the show, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this week. If you're on YouTube, please leave us a like, drop us a comment, and subscribe if you're feeling fancy. And if you're on an audio-only format like Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, or any other podcasting service, please make sure to give us a five-star review as it does help us reach more listeners like you. And tune in next week to hear more of our favorite comic book movie news. Thank you guys so much. Have a great week. And remember to iron your capes.